Welcome, everyone. You're listening to Truth in Christ Radio, a Bible teaching radio ministry of Calvary Chapel of Rochester with Senior Pastor Rob Kellogg. Remember from where you have fallen and repent. In other words, change your mind. Change the way you're thinking and go and do those things. Go in a different direction from where you're going. Go in the opposite direction. That's really what repentance means. And I love what it says in Ephesians. It says, Do not grieve the Holy Spirit of God by whom you were sealed for the day of redemption. We have the ability to grieve the Spirit of God. We don't want to do that, do we? Hi, everyone, and welcome to Truth in Christ Radio. Today, Jesus gives us all a path to follow to regain our love for Him. The first step in restoration for the Ephesian church and for us is to remember. We need to remember from where we have fallen. The second is repent, which means to change your direction to go a different way. It is an urgent appeal for instant change of attitude and conduct before it's too late. And finally, do the first works. This means that we must go back to the basics, to the very first things we did when we first fell in love with Jesus. Now let's join Pastor Rob with today's lesson. Remove mountains and, and have not love, I am nothing. He goes on in that passage and you get the idea. I can have all of these things going for me, but if I don't have God's love, agape love, I am nothing but sounding brass. I'm just an empty, I'm just an empty instrument. Turn with me to John chapter 21. You remember John chapter 21 beginning in verse 15. This is a passage that we know very well, but I think it fits. Remember after Jesus' death, after his resurrection, remember that the angel in the tomb, when Peter and John looked in, or uh, actually I think it was Mary, uh, told the disciples to, to go meet Jesus in Galilee. And so they ended up going up to Galilee. That's quite a ways away to the north. So finally, the disciples go up there, and Peter's just like, he gets really discouraged, and he says, you know what, I'm just going back to my fishing business. I know Jesus called me you know, three, three and a half years ago, and he's dead, so I'm just going to go back to my old business. So what does he do? He and the guys, they get in the boat. They're out fishing all night. They didn't catch anything. And they get close to shore and they see Jesus. And this is where it picks up. John chapter 21, verse 15. And this is important to notice. So when they had eaten breakfast, Jesus said to, because they got to the shore, says, so when they had eaten breakfast on the shore, Jesus said to Simon Peter, Simon, son of Jonah, do you love me? Do you agapeo me? That's the word there. You remember this. Do you agape me more than these, more than these fish, more than this business that you've got, Peter? Do you really love me? 
And Peter said to him, Yes, Lord, you know that I love you. But in the Greek, the word is phileo. It's just a, a, a friendly love, right? There's a difference between these two verses. You're going to see this word love, and the, the one that Jesus uses is agapeo, agape, and Peter uses just a friendly love kind of, just like a camaraderie kind of love. And so Jesus, having said that, and Peter saying, Lord, you know that I just, I phileo you, you're a good friend. Jesus said, feed my lambs. Verse 16, he said to him again the second time, Simon, son of Jonah, do you agapeo me? Do you love me, Peter? And Jesus said, yes, Lord, you know that I, I love you. I phileo you. That's the word there. I'm fond of you, Lord. And he said, tend to my sheep. And then finally, Jesus said the third time, Simon, son of Jonah, do you phileo me? In other words, do you even love me on a, friend, a friendship level, Peter? And can you see what the Lord is doing? And then it says, And Peter was grieved because he said to him the third time, Do you phileo me or do you love me? And he said to him, Lord, you know all things. You know that I phileo you. And he noticed what Jesus said. Did Jesus upbraid him and say, Peter, you're dismissed. You're fired. You don't love me after all that I've done for you? After I gave my life for you, I empowered you? And, and I'm going to empower you on the day of Pentecost. You don't even know that yet, but I, I'm going to be doing, I've done and I'm going to do so many things through your life. And this is what you, this is how I'm returned the favor. Is that what Jesus said? No. What did Jesus say? He says, feed my sheep. He said, Peter, your love right now is imperfect. And you know, my love for God is imperfect. My love for people is imperfect. Maybe you feel the same way this morning. It's true, and that's why a chapter like this is really challenging to us because this church in Ephesus, their hearts weren't burning for love for God anymore. And that's why we need to have that love for God. Seek that more than anything else. Seek to have the very love of God. Speak to spend the time with Him. Get that first. Get that first and then go out because people know the difference when they see somebody who's not doing it for the right reasons, for the right motivation. We can't do it just to put a notch on our belt and say we've done some religious duty. It's, it, it's not good enough. We have to do it because we love Him. And we have to do it because of what He's done for me and you. So when love, when love begins to decline, the soul begins to drift. And what are the ways in which we can lose our first love? Let's just look at them. We can lose our first love when, we, when, um, when other things that we love compete and they crowd out the one that we love. And that could be a spouse, but first, importantly, it's about Jesus. We should love Him first and foremost, and then our spouses and our family and those people. He has to be first. And when that's in the right order, everyone is blessed. Everyone is blessed when the right order. But we can also lose our first love and we no longer spend as much time with the one we truly love. If you don't spend time, guys, with your wife, it shows them that you really don't love them anymore. You'd rather go to the game with the, with the guys. You'd rather polish the car. You'd rather go out golfing. You'd rather do other things instead of spend time with the one that you made vows to many years ago. And see, Jesus, he's asking us to do that. To let him spend the most time with him. And all these other relationships on the horizontal are going to be just right if we do that first. And it doesn't mean a great quantity of time but real time, a quality of time, and quantity, if you, can, if you can afford it, certainly do it. But are we investing? Are we pursuing? Or are we just too busy? We have to be, um, we have to be honest about that. 
And, on, and, and there's also another phrase that we know that's called familiarity breeds contempt. When we become so familiar with somebody, we stop really respecting. We, stop, we start taking them for granted instead of loving them the way we ought to. And we can do that with each other, with our spouses, with our family, and we can also do it with the Lord. We become so familiar that we stop loving. We stop being challenged anymore. We just kind of stop, and we're just kind of stagnant. We're like the Dead Sea. Remember that uh, illustration that I gave to you? It's up on the uh, uh, up on my wall here. But there's a picture, and if you look up uh, on this, look at me here. The the Mount Hermon is up here in the northern part of Israel, and then there's the Jordan, and then it goes into the Sea of Galilee, and then there's another. Uh, the Jordan continues to go down into the sea the, to the Dead Sea, and the reason why the Sea of Galilee is so flush with fish and so alive is because the water comes from Mount Hermon, comes down into the Sea of Galilee, and then it gives. It takes from above, and it gives out from beneath, all the way through the Jordan Valley, filling all those uh, plush um, lands for the farmers. But then it gets down to the Dead Sea. And why is the Dead Sea dead? Because there's no outlet. It just, the water, uh, whatever water does get there, it just stays and it collects and it becomes putrid and it becomes dead. And that's why it's the Dead Sea. And so you and I are a lot like that too. If I'm receiving from above, give out what you have. The, 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 the Sea of Galilee is a perfect picture, I think, or a picture of the way we could be, the way we should be. Receive from above first and then give out. And see, that's the secret to the whole thing. And even the geography of the land of Israel speaks to that. I think that's wonderful. In 2 Corinthians chapter 11, what, is, what, is, uh, what does Paul say to the Corinthians He says, For I am jealous for you with godly jealousy. For I have betrothed you to one husband that I may present to you as a chaste virgin to Christ. That was Paul's heart, to present this church of Corinth, to love her. And and, and he says, I betrothed you to Christ. I basically took you to him. And see, and that, that's the thing. And to be jealous. Jealousy is not a bad thing if it's in the, with the right heart. See, God is jealous for us. He's jealous for us, not because He needs us, but because He knows what's best for us. And He knows that I'm going to be more fulfilled as a person and more in love with Him when I experience that. And and I become more useful in His hands. Isn't that wonderful? I would encourage you to read Jeremiah chapter uh, chapter 2, the first 13 verses. Let me just share with you just the beginning of it. Because Jeremiah is prophesying during a time when uh, the Babylonians are coming against Judah and Jerusalem around 606 B.C. And um, God is bringing his case against the children of Jerusalem, the children of Judah. And what does he say to them? He says, Moreover, in Jeremiah chapter 2, beginning in verse 1, Moreover, the word of the Lord came to me, Jeremiah said, saying, Go and cry in the hearing of Jerusalem, saying, Thus says the Lord. And notice his, his, you can almost see the tears in God's eyes. He says, I remember you. He's speaking of Jerusalem. He says, I remember you, the kindness of your youth the love of your betrothal when you went after me in the wilderness. Wow. It's God saying that to them. I remember when the love was just beginning and I was just courting you and how things were. And he's calling them to repent, to turn, right? John Walvoord had this to say, He says, thus it has ever been in the history of the church. Thus it has ever been in the history of the church. First, a cooling of spiritual love. Then the love of God replaced by a love for the things of the world, 
with resulting compromise and spiritual corruption. And this is followed by departure from the faith and loss of spiritual, factual, spiritual testimony. And see, that's what happens. And that's why it's so important that we regain that again. You know, each of us uh, go to the Lord and say, Lord, any way that I have been floundering, that I've been disobedient, Lord, help me to be obedient to you again. Remember, therefore, from where you have fallen, he says. Notice, the first thing is to remember, and then to repent, and then do the first works again. See, remembering is actually a good thing. Sometimes we don't like to remember the things that we did, but sometimes it's good to go back for the things that we were doing right. Notice what Jesus says. Now, remember, go back and remember what you did. And we need to go back and remember those early days when we first came to Christ. Do you remember the excitement and how exciting it was and how beautiful those days were? Get them back again. And how do you do that? You ask, you pray, you get on your face again. And remember what you did back then, the things that you did out of just a love for God. You would be willing to do anything for Him. Remember the excitement. Get that back again. It's possible. And you can't do it in your flesh. You have to pray. You do it through what God, how, you know, you do it through His Spirit. And notice it says, repent. Remember from where you have fallen and repent. In other words, change your mind. Change the way you're thinking and go and do those things. Go in a different direction from where you're going. Go in the opposite direction. That's really what repentance means. And I love what it says in Ephesians. It says, Do not grieve the Holy Spirit of God by whom you were sealed for the day of redemption. We have the ability to grieve the Spirit of God. We don't want to do that, do we? Let's not grieve the Spirit of God. In Ephesians 5, verse 18, it says, And be not drunk with wine, wherein is dissipation or excess, but notice, be filled with the Spirit. There's the solution. Be filled with the Spirit of God. If you're filled with the Spirit of God, and that's something we have to ask for every day, folks. We, I need to do it, and I encourage you and implore you to do the same thing. Wake up every morning and say, Lord, this day, fill me with your Spirit. Not so that I'm weird and going out on a corner and doing, you know, and yelling at people and throwing the Bible. Nobody's going to respond to people like that, but they will respond to genuine love and care and concern. And that can only be done through the Spirit of God. There's a huge difference, and many people do not go that, go to that place. They can do the list. I can just go out and do things. That's easy to do. Anybody can do that, but to do it filled with the Spirit of God and asking God to fill you. He wants to give that to you. It's not like something you have to beg for. You pray for it, and then you step out in faith throughout your day, and you watch what He does. He does great and wonderful things. Notice, do the first works, He says. Go back and do those first works. Notice, or else I will come to you quickly and remove your lampstand from its place unless you repent. That's the, that's the thing. In other words, I'm going to remove your witness. And He was telling this to the church at Ephesus. If you, if you don't remember, if you don't repent, and you don't go back to those first works, you know, church, he was saying, he was saying to them, you're so busy, but if you don't do these things, I'm going to remove your lampstand. I'm going to remove the witness out of your fellowship, out of your fellowship. And, and this is exactly what happened, because guess what? It wasn't long, and, and the church began to decline and to decline and decline. And Ephesus now is a ruined city, completely filled, overrun with weeds and malaria-ridden and the habitation of lizards. 
That's the way it is today. It's become a tourist spot, and there's nothing else there other than the ruins. And some churches are like that. They start off with great love, but now it's a mausoleum. And now there's no longer any love, and everything becomes ritual. Everything becomes just something I do for him. And then the stained glass windows on the ceilings and on the walls are nothing more than stories of bygone ages. The Spirit of God has left and because they've no longer allowed the Spirit of God to work in them. And that's the way it was with Ephesus. But church, we have to, this is a great time for us to reevaluate and say, Lord, wow, I'm really wounded by everything that's going on. But you know what? Let the Lord minister to you. He's not angry with you. He's not angry with you. He loves you. He loves you. But let's take this time, take this opportunity to consider these things. You know, if you would, read, uh, let me just uh, read uh, a couple of final things. We're getting close to the end here, and thank you for your patience. In Ezekiel, it talks about the Shekinah glory, the very presence of God being removed from the temple. And this is right before um, the Babylonians came in. God, if you recall, in Ezekiel chapter 9, verse 9, let me read it to you. It says, Then, uh, and this is the Lord speaking to Ezekiel, Then he said to me, The iniquity of the house of Israel and Judah is exceedingly great, and the lands are is full of bloodshed, and the city full of perversity. For they say, The Lord has forsaken the land, and the Lord does not see. As for me also, my eye will neither spare, nor will I have pity, but I will recompense their deeds on their own heads. So God is going to bring judgment upon the, the, the children of Judah. But notice what it says in Ezekiel 10, verse 4. It says, The glory of the Lord went up from the cherub and paused over the threshold of the temple, and the house was filled with the cloud, or the Shekinah glory, the very glory of God. And the, and the court was full of the brightness of the Lord's glory. And then down in verse 18 of that same chapter, it says, Then the glory of the Lord departed from the threshold of the temple and stood over the cherubim. So now the Lord is moving from that place of the Holy of Holies. And finally in verse 23, what does it say? This is the indictment. This is what happens when a church no longer loves, when it's no longer being willing to be uh, loving. It says, The glory of the Lord went up from the midst of the city and stood on the mountain which is on the east side of the city. I was standing on that mountain not too long ago. The Mount of Olives, it's to the east. I actually shared a Bible study in the, in the Garden of Gethsemane on that very mountain. But do you see what happened? And, and you know, Jesus is saying to the church, you know, if, if you don't turn from these things, I'm going to remove your witness. And that's exactly what happened even in, in Jerusalem. The very presence of God was just like, no one cares about me anymore. They're, they're just going through the motions. So the Spirit of God moves and then moves. And finally he goes out to the Mount of Olives and he's like, okay. That's why Jesus said, I've left your house to you desolate. Because they, they were so focused on, on just going through the motions. And see, this happens. And a lamp is supposed to bring light to an area, to a room. That's the witness of the church, the very light. And see, people need to see love in action. You know, love that is seen means much more than love that is just heard, right? So pray and be led by the Spirit of God. But notice verse 6, we're almost done. But this you have, you hate the deeds of the Nicolaitans. And the Nicolaitans were just a group of people who really separated the, uh, the clergy from, the, from the, the common people, and they created this kind of weird relationship between them. And you even see it today. Um, 
you know, there can be, um, and, and they were doing lewd and lascivious things, uh, to put it in a biblical way. They were doing perverted things. And instead of ministering to the people, they, they put a division between them and made them look more holier than everybody else. And see, it's never supposed to be that way. And, and, and these are the things that they hated. And Jesus says, but this you have. You hate the deeds of the Nicolaitans. And notice the Lord says, I hate those things as well. Hate those things. Notice verse 7, finally, he says, He who has an ear, let him hear what the Spirit says to the churches. Notice, to him who overcomes, I will give to eat from the tree of life, which is in the midst of the paradise of God. Remember the tree of life in the Garden of Eden from the very beginning of man. There it was, the tree of the knowledge of, or the tree of life was there. And then notice also, you can look over in Revelation chapter 22, in verses 2 and 14, it talks about the tree of life again in the new heavens and the new earth, in the new Jerusalem, a tree that yields 12 different types of fruits in its season along the, along the river there. And that, that is something, that, that's, a, that's a promise that Jesus is making to those who overcome. And again, we can't overcome in our own strength. We can only overcome by the power of the blood of Jesus Christ, right? Isn't that what we do? That's how we overcome we overcome the world by Jesus' blood, not because of our good works or good intentions or our bake sales or anything else that we might do. Let me read to you just a poem. It's very brief. It's only two stanzas, but I think, in the, and then we'll end here, and thank you for your patience. And this just kind of wraps the whole thing up. Where is the blessedness I knew when first I saw the Lord? Where is the soul-refreshing view of Jesus and His Word? What peaceful hours I once enjoyed, how sweet their memory still. But they have left an aching void the world can never fill. And so, as we consider these things, again, folks, I pray that you would be encouraged. There's no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus, who walk after the Spirit, not after the flesh. And there is the the impetus for us to walk in the Spirit. And that's why we need to be filled with the Spirit. And being filled with the Spirit means that my heart is filled with the love of God, even when I'm challenged, even when I don't feel on the outside like things are going well. And so, as we look at this church and as we have finished, uh, just see historically what happened here, but also see the encouragement and the exhortation that there is for us to just not allow ourselves to lose our first love. And I pray for all of you today that you would um, that we would all take these things to heart and let the Lord lovingly convict us where we need to be convicted. Some of you may be doing just fine, but others may be you may need to hear this. I, I certainly need to hear this. It's good for me to hear this. So folks be encouraged. I want to pray that um, you would just be blessed and that God would keep you and, and be encouraged in all of God's goodness. And keep your eyes focused on Him. Spend more time with Him than you ever have. And let Him work in your heart. Amen? Amen. Let's pray. Father, we thank You for the exhortation today. And just pray that You administer to us today, Father. Pour out Your Spirit upon us and help us to draw near to You, Lord. And help us, Lord, not out of... Um, help us to do things not out of guilt, Lord, not out of um, manipulation. 
Father, for you don't cause, you don't manipulate anyone to do anything. Lord, help us to do only those things that you've given us the grace to do. And Lord, help us to realize that we're just, we're one of many, Lord. The body of Christ is big. And Lord, someone and everyone has a place in it. So help us, Lord, not to, not to do anything out of, out of any kind of uh, coercion or manipulation or, or guilt, but to only do things motivated by your love. So we thank you and praise you in Jesus' name. Amen. I'm sorry, that's all the time we have for today. But please join us next time as Pastor Rob continues our study in the book of Revelation. Calvary Chapel of Rochester is located at 2503 Browncroft Boulevard, Rochester, New York, 14625. You can reach us at our church office between 9 a.m. and 4 p.m. Monday through Friday at area code 585-586-3140. If you would like to have an audio CD of today's message mailed to you in its unedited form, simply mention today's date when contacting our church office. You can also contact us via the web by logging on to www.calvaryrochester.com. There you will be able to access a number of useful things, such as information concerning our beliefs, our ministries, contact information, our location, service times, and much more. You can also download or listen to the radio and sanctuary messages free of charge from the teachings link at the top of the page. To listen to Calvary Chapel of Rochester Sanctuary messages or Truth in Christ Radio on your mobile device, just subscribe to both through Google Play and Apple Podcasts. You may also join us on Sundays and Thursdays through live streaming of our services and Bible studies. Just click on the online services link. We're so glad that you could join us today. And if there is any way that we can bless you in your walk with Jesus Christ, please don't hesitate to call our church office. Remember, Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. And for this cause, I have come into the world that I should bear witness unto the truth. Everyone who is of the truth hears my voice. May God bless you in abundance today as you walk with him. And until next time, this has been Truth in Christ.